Hello, welcome to the inaugural Game Masters for Hire podcast. My name's Clay, and I'll be your usual host. Each week we'll discuss different tabletop or live-action roleplay systems, challenges faced as a Game Master or player, mechanics, or even just our favourite roleplaying systems. I'm joined this week by Liam, one of my players and a Game Master in their own right. Uh, how are you today? Yeah, not too bad, Clay. Yeah. Excellent. So basically what I thought we could cover off is ourselves what we do, the games that we run, mm-hmm. games we have run, and uh, why this podcast might be useful to people looking to run their own games. Cool. Uh, after the halfway break, we'll uh, also cover off Liam and Clay's story time, where we'll just have a bit of a chat through some of the funnier or more bizarre situations our players have managed more to get themselves into. More likely bizarre. Yeah, I feel that really well. So, uh, from my perspective... Uh, I've been a uh, dungeon master, storyteller, game master, whatever you want to call it, for best part of 10, 12 years. Um, that's included Dungeons and Dragons, um, World of Darkness system, of course, both the old world and new world, and um, a few other smaller boutique games, but they're the big ones that people probably know of. Pathfinder, of course. Mm. Uh, what about yourself? Um, I've really only played in. World of Darkness. I've probably been storytelling for two years in that system, mm-hmm. and yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's an interesting system, like specifically for storytelling. If yeah. you're looking for a realistic experience, it's not the place to go. But if you want to tell an actual story, that's what where it really shines. Yeah, World of Darkness is excellent for that. Mm. Yeah, at risk of this kind of becoming the World of Darkness show, mm. um, what different systems in World of Darkness have you run? Uh, different systems in World of Darkness? So, uh, I know you run Changeling games. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, I've run a werewolf game. Mm-hmm. I've run a geist game. Um, currently assisting in running a Vampire the Masquerade LARP. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, haven't been able to run too many old world games, mm-hmm. but I'm a big fan of the Wraith universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that to be one of the more interesting old world uh, systems out there. Cool. So, the pair of us have run a lot of games over a long period of time, and one thing that's come up consistently is that whilst there are books written about it, one of my favourites is actually Dungeons and Dragons for Dummies, if anyone wants to have a bit of a look. Because it covers off a lot of the problems that you'll face as a DM or GM. Um, Ranging from, say, developing a campaign and determining the right threat level for your players through to how to deal with someone who's a rules lawyer or someone who's trying to disrupt your gameplay for whatever reason that might be. That said, these kind of things are... You can frequently go into far more detail than what a lot of books will touch on. And that's kind of the purpose of this. We can talk about all the different things that Mm -hmm. um, affect us. Like, for example, I know for a while you were struggling with um, taking care of a larger political scene in games. Definitely. I find it one of the more um, interesting and complex things to actually investigate within a game universe. And not something that's readily available for new players or new GMs. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that I think you actually have to go out of your way to study, 
uh, in terms of my background, I studied sociology and political science at university. Mm. So for me, it's relatively easy to come up with some simple systems you can put in place to replicate that kind of thing. From the other side of things, what I personally struggled with for quite a while was dealing with, I'm not going to say disruptive players, but that particular type of player that kind of just starts steamrolling the game and working Mm. out how to deal with that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Friendly confrontations between GM and player. Yeah, and the nature of the game should be that you're never competitive with the as a player, you shouldn't be competing with the person who's running your game. But mm. ultimately, because of the kind of dynamic, we're the ones providing the threats yeah. or the plot. It, it's very easy to, for players to fall into the trap where they think that you're mm. the problem. That's definitely something I've experienced, not necessarily with players, but with myself starting off playing. Um, one of the f- first few games I was playing in, it definitely felt like you have to beat the GM or the game's about working out how to best play against the GM rather than playing to the plot. Or playing to the world. Exactly. And that kind of ties it all back into the kind of overarching theme, which is that we want to provide the tools so that you can deal with these problems or know how to deal with these problems mm. going forward. Definitely. Hmm. So... We just kind of ran through a few of the games there and what we like about them. Mm. Um, I know it's going to come up a lot of times in the future. So, World of Darkness, what's that all about? Um, World of Darkness, at least in my readings, comes in two forms. You have the classic World of Darkness, which is the Mm. kind of gothic punk aspects of... You're fighting against the man, you're trying to get somewhere in life, and inevitably you're either going to fail or succeed. More likely, fail. Whereas the New World of Darkness, or um, Chronicles of Darkness, which some people may be more familiar with, is really about horror. It's about providing a storytelling system to tell effective horror stories. Mm. So... I don't think that necessarily World of Darkness is a horror genre, which is, I think, where Mm. we differ. It's actually, I think, surprisingly difficult to run a horror game, which is something we're going to touch on in a future episode. It's it's really hard to create a horror atmosphere in a tabletop game. Uh, There's a few tips and tricks we can provide there. But I know you stated that uh, World of Darkness is a storytelling game. Yes. How does that differ from D&D, in your opinion? Well, having never played D&D, that's a bit difficult. Mm. But from my understanding of D&D and my playing of games such as World of Warcraft, they're much more, not necessarily linear, but much more structured. Much more you come in with an idea of you are the fighter, you fight the enemy. Mm. Whereas storytelling is more of a... You're filling a different role to produce a plot rather than complete a dungeon. One of the things that I note about D&D is that, and just to be clear, this isn't me trying to say that D&D's a bad system. That's definitely not what I'm saying here at all. Certainly not. It's very good at what it does in representing that particular world that has been created. But what it is, first and kind of foremost, is a tactical fighting experience. 
yes, you can roleplay in D&D. You definitely can. You can explore that. You can really get into the your character. You can make all the social roles and do all of that kind of stuff. But ultimately, almost you'll note almost every ability in D&D from 4th edition onwards is combat related. Mm. In Pathfinder 3.5 and earlier, you had a lot of options for social interaction. And it, I think it's a chief complaint from a lot of people that that mm. has been weeded out over time. Yeah. And edging more and more towards a tactical experience, mm. I think. I've seen often on the on some Reddit boards the argument of how do I prevent role-playing, as in rolling dice and playing a game, and role-playing me playing my character and taking on my pers- my character's personality. Yeah, exactly. And, again, that's another thing we'll talk about Definitely. in detail later on. Uh, actually getting new players, especially, to mm. really get inside their character's head and commit mm. to their character's actions, even in the face of what you know out of game is certain death, that's a really hard thing to get people to do, but once they've initially done it, you can um, get into a whole raft of different situations that can be funny or dangerous or completely different. Mm. In terms of where World of Darkness differentiates itself from that, I think, is because you're generally first, first and foremost expected to act as a person. Yeah. Uh, not so much in Classic World of Darkness. In Classic World of Darkness, it, a lot of your character traits can frequently get steamrolled by whatever version you're playing. Um, but in the uh, Chronicles of Darkness, hmm. you can make a character that's a firefighter. You can make someone who's a night janitor. You hmm. can alternatively build yourself a serial killer or someone who knows that the paranormal's out there and is going searching... Um, X-Files style. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's really... Whatever you can think up, you can run. And mm. we've taken that system, and I've included you in some of my games, where it's, whilst this system is designed for modern day, mm. we've kicked off a game in... Several games, in fact, in the 1330s. Um, mm. A few games that were even earlier than that. Um, modern day, pre-modern, so looking in, even around the Renaissance period, it's capable of telling... A story, and mm. by which I mean the story might not be about the players; it could be about the world. Yeah. In fact, frequently you'll find in storytelling systems, which doesn't, which includes World of Darkness, but there's several others out there. A good one is Call of Cthulhu. If mm. you've ever played that, Call of Cthulhu, the expectation is your players will die, mm. or go mad, or die and go mad. Not necessarily in that order. Not necessarily in that order. And you can play the hard-bitten detective, or you can do all these different things, and you're mm. encouraged to get into that that mindset yeah. and tell a grand story, or even a sad story, or something that is mundane. Um, whereas that's not really necessarily possible with all game types, don't you think? Not necessarily. Uh, I know um, one of... It's a bit of a niche one, but there's a neat little game that I picked up a while ago that was about... Not storytelling, but kind of engaging in combat and engaging in how you do combat more than 
you know, taking on that character, taking on that detective who's searching for clues as to why this cult has showed up in town. So, what's that game? Um, I don't actually have... don't remember the name of it. Um, Tell you what, we'll add it in the description at the end of this. Definitely. So that people can look it up. That's easy. Hmm. So, we'll um, just bring this up to a break right now, but hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea of the different things that we're looking to talk about, and... Of course, feel free to shoot through an email uh, to the email included in the description below. And uh, if there's any topics you'd like us to talk about. For now, we will cut to the music for the day, which is from The Photonics, an Australian band. All of the music that is featured at the halfway point in all of our shows is local music. The track, Anymore. I've had enough of this relationship, baby I'm about to go and you don't want to save it I'm tired of all the shit that you put me through I've had enough of you The time has come, I can take this no more I'm about to walk out of this here door will be a recurring, uh, what would you call it? Segment? Sure. About some of the things our players have got up to over the years. Uh, I tell you what, today I'm just going to kind of bask in the glory that will be some of the things that you've had happen. Hmm. So, 
Where are we going to kick off? I'm actually going to kick off with one of the things that I did in the first game I played, which was a Werewolf the Forsaken game that you ran. Yep. Uh, so, a bit of background there. That game was a highly social, political game. Whether you know anything about World of Darkness or not doesn't matter, but it was set in the 1330s in London. Uh, just before, really, the outbreak of the Black Death. Mm. So, what did you? What was it in particular that you did? Uh, I forgot the bodies. What do you mean you forgot the bodies? Um, I was... Let's see. At one point, I was playing a mystic, an occultist. And I was running around doing my thing, and we'd invaded a mansion. I believe this is where it started. Mm -hmm. And I broke in... We broke into the mansion as a pack, looking for one of our old pack mates. Unfortunately, the pack mate was um, indisposed and slowly turning to tentacles and goo. Mm -hmm. That's about accurate. Yeah. I believe we killed that character... With great prejudice. With great prejudice. Were then attacked by the Lord of the Manor. Mm-hmm. Uh, took the corpse of our ex mate and gave it funeral rites. No, actually, you didn't get to that point. You brought it back to give them funeral rites. And... The majority of the pack had decided to wander off and investigate something beforehand. What was your responsibility, Liam? I had to look after the remnants. What did you do instead? I didn't look after the remnants. I don't remember exactly what I did. I think I left them by a river? You left them by a river. Yeah. Unattended. That, that was smart. Yep. Um, so was the body there when you got back? No, it wasn't. Mm. That was a, an interesting discussion. Your uh, alpha was a bit displeased. To say the least. Mm-hmm. But, uh... That was the first time. Yeah. So the second time the, you did the same thing. The second time... No, I didn't do the same thing. I did a worse thing. Mm-hmm. I took a body... Uh, a body of an ally or something. An important plot point, really. And brought it back to our magical... A font of magical power, effectively. A loci, for those of you familiar with Werewolf. We sat the body down and I was in charge of protecting it. Mm-hmm. A chance to redeem yourself. chance to redeem myself. And I briefly wandered away because something distracted me. Mm-hmm. Upon returning, the body was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We eventually found out what happened to that. Someone was using it to create um, half-werewolf, half-vampire abominations or something like that? Not quite. You never really quite discovered what was happening there. But the point remains the same. What is the moral of your story? Always burn the bodies. Or, you know, make sure that you're taking care Care of of them. Or not wandering off. 
Just follow instructions, kids. Follow instructions. If your leader says something, do the thing. Do the thing. Okay. Good work. Yeah, I'm a skilled individual. Mm-hmm. Didn't that... Remind me if I'm wrong, but didn't that lead inadvertently to your exile? Um... Sort of. Sort of. You disgraced yourself. I disgraced myself and ran away to Scotland, because unfortunately I had to drop out of that campaign. Mm-hmm. So, that's you. That's me. Mm-hmm. My next story... This is set in a... Changeling the Lost game I was running. Mm-hmm. Um... For this, it's a bit important to have a bit of background. Changelings are people that are taken away by the fairies, like from the old stories. Occasionally, those fairies leave behind other things. Things called fetches, made of straw, thorns, and a bit of shadow. You can uh, check this kind of stuff out on even on Wikipedia, if yeah. you like it. This is, these are folk tales going back generations and generations. Yep. You can also check out the game on Wikipedia. Um, the page is quite good on uh, about the that information. So, what happened? One of my players was playing a person who had basically been turned into a cat by these fairies. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Sarah was possibly the most troublesome of the party, and that was saying a lot. I was a player in that game, and... I thought frequently about how easily I could just kill her, and no one would complain. Uh, the thing is, you're so right. Basically, what I'd set up is a plot to torment another player. And, you know, his sister was in danger, um, vessel of the apocalypse, and so on. You as a party actually misinterpreted that. After killing the cult, nothing would have happened. But what you guys did is you saw, oh hell, this cult is going to, may have been destroyed, but this thing is still going to enter the world. So Sarah, who had one of these fetches that I described before, goes to their fetch, takes them out into the middle of nowhere, and sacrifices them to this eldritch deity, bringing it into the world. As storm clouds circle, Sarah challenges it to a game of riddles, binds it with the pledges of the true fae and the changelings, and asks the most powerful of questions. What's in my pocket? You can finish the rest of the story. So, what I remember next happening is... Sarah asked that question, made the roll, it all went through fine. The deity, on the other hand... Uh, no, in fact, the exact words you uttered after picking up a bucket filled with dice mm. was, is this a sufficient number of dice for an eldritch deity? <laughs> yep. To which everyone around the table went, yep, that seems about right. And we were all well prepared to watch Sarah get turned into paste. That's not what happened. What happened is you rolled your bucket of dice, and you rolled, despite all odds, not a single success. In no. fact, you rolled multiple ones, which made it a critical fail. Yes. And that Eldritch Abomination got turned into what? Importantly, it asked a single question. What's a pocket? Mm-hmm. 
It proceeded to be turned by the power of the weird into a fluffy white cat with a pink nose. That every supernatural in the world, upon looking upon this thing, would immediately understand what it once was. That wasn't the outcome that was supposed to happen. No. Uh, no, it wasn't. That's not even a rolling a natural 20 kind of situation. No. This is, this is like rolling 20 natural 20s in a row. Yes. That is... Incredibly Incredibly unlikely. unlikely and made for interesting lore in that universe. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that th that exists because I was able to inflict Sarah upon you in various other games. Yep, she was just wandering around doing her thing. Horrifying us. I think I fled from her and her cat twice? Yeah, I think you did. Mm. Uh, now, another story. Uh. Another story is... That of Oscar. This is of a game that we recently wrapped up. Now... One of the players had been going through a few mental issues, and so had come to me saying, look, I can't do a full backstory, I'm going to write a character basically with short-term memory. And that's another thing that I want to cover off later, actually, is um, running games that are inclusive uh, for people, whether they have physical or mental, mental dis disabilities, or not, not even disabilities, but, but differing needs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something that is... Um, necessary to cover off but yeah continue Definitely. um so i said cool look that's fine get me something i'll work with it mm -hmm. now from my perspective if a player comes to me with a sparse or non-existent backstory i write one for them and i don't tell them about it because that's punishment for entering my game with no explanation for your character mm. and i'll use whatever skills you've got whatever dots are on your sheet and do whatever I think's funniest. Mm. So what he's done is given you the ultimate license to do whatever you want. Yes. Pure creative freedom to mess around with this character. And so I did. There was one line that this character uttered, which wasn't in their backstory, but was the basically the seed for what happened. That was, I once fought 2,000 bees. Yep. That was it. That's all I needed. I took that and ran. It, this slowly escalated from I once fought 2,000 bees to I once fought 2,000 bee hives mm -hmm. to I have fought 2,000 bee hives on multiple occasions but I don't know why and it's scaring me. At this point, uh, this character was beginning to woo an, an NPC in the game. And that's when I thought, perfect, I know why this character has been plagued by bees for so long. He was married to a being that could control these animals. Mm-hmm. Um, that pun was terrible. I know. Ashamed. I am ashamed. It came for him. 
in a glorious tornado of buzzing and stingers with possibly one of the best quests that I've ever set you guys on, which is go to the Pope and get a divorce. Bearing in mind that this game as well was set in the 1330s. Yes. So that was the only way. Mm. Um, at this point, that player was so confused, but loving every second of it. Which is great, because yeah. his personal mental state was now matching his character's exactly. mental state. So no one knew what was going on. You guys as a party go to, um, it was Constantinople, and meet with the Pope there. You get the divorce. But then the story changes slightly. Because I think it was you actually mm-hmm. mentioned um, one of the powers, because this character was a changeling, was that there was a group of them that could be immortal. And I was like, yes, that's perfect. More torment. So I go to this player and say, look, I'm going to run this idea. It seems fun. How long do you want your character to have been in existence? He says about 500 to 1,000 years. I'm like, cool, cool. You So so wait, wait, that was actually by agreement? Yes. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. He didn't know any of the details, he just knew the scope of how long this character had been in existence in this world. Because of that, you guys then began to interact with that plot a little bit more. You then went on a underworld journey, a spirit journey, whatever you want to call it, to retrieve another of the player's sons. Uh, daughter, sorry, not son. And throughout the underworld, there were references to Oscar, this character who had been around for a thousand years, the one for whom it is written. And what was written? About 11 tomes about his life and exploits. Mm-hmm. Um, he... You guys continued, you followed the quest line through. To w- right at the end, Oscar remembered. With a phrase that will for- forever be burnt in my mind as, I suplex the goat. Yeah. It is important to note that I had been running the territory that you guys were operating in, as having a herd of goats that existed beyond time and space itself and could interact with every layer of reality. So he suplexed the goat and regained all of his memory. Yup. Yup, he did. Yup, he did. Thus ending that campaign, effectively. Effectively, yeah. He, You guys got out of the underworld and it was a case of... Oscar has to leave now. He has problems to solve and cause Mm -hmm. with his lovely new bride. Mm -hmm. So, in this same game, just as one last story before we wrap up, I want to talk about my experience in this game. Please. Because no one else went through what I went through. (laughs) No, no one did. Not even once. Not even once. 
I died. Thrice. The first time, I rolled a character deliberately to be the alpha. Someone who went down straight and narrow. Mm. Someone designed to actually, you know, do their damn job. He... How did he die again? That's right. Silver dagger through the eye. Yes. Dead in one turn of combat. Totally fair. These things happen. Mm. Dead. Second character comes along. What did you do? Oh, that's right. We fell into the hedge. The hedge is a place that changelings rely on. It's a place of insanity, basically. Again, check it out on their wiki if you want more info there. Definitely. But when werewolves get there, they go extra crazy. Mm. And someone, namely me, failed the roll to not go crazy. So start belting off through the underbrush. My colleague who's with me at the time, a pack mate, couldn't catch me. Then a ch- small chase scene ensues where I outpace them several times over. I believe you doubled their successes. That's right. Well and truly. So I'm out of there. Mm. Off into the hedge, off into crazy land. But game that's... O- game o- not a death per se, but effective death. Game over, man. Game over. Can I finish that story? Because it doesn't quite finish there. And I... Oh, please. That character joined other werewolves that had fallen into the hedge. Mm-hmm. And became their alpha. Because that character was craftsman and had excellent armour. That character's lineage is going to torment players in my games for years to come. That is your legacy. Well, gee, thank you. I mean, I would have liked to have played that character through. I was awfully attached to it. I know. Um, This is, again, something that role-playing games teach us. The acceptance of death? Mm Mm-hmm. The acceptance of death. Or player death, character death. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, we may very well wrap this up here. Yep. Next week, we will uh, be talking about world-building. Excellent. Uh, We'll kick off. We'll start looking at... We'll look at micro-level world-building and what it means to build a world that is small-scale or in a pre-existing world. Examples of this would be, say running a game in the modern day mm-hmm. where there's small differences or alternate histories. Yep. Uh, or even in pre-existing worlds. Mm. Uh, the podcast after that will cover off uh, basically medium level world creation where, say, you're looking at perhaps a fake country or uh, an area or zone or alternative history on a large scale. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we'll take a look at construction, constructing an entire world and how mm. all of these different elements rely on one another and uh, how you can create a realistic social or political environment and also how to make your worlds feel living and breathing to your players because I find that really important. Yeah, and something very difficult to do. Mm, absolutely. Well, as always, we can be contacted via email at gmsforhire.com at gmail.com that's g-m-s-f-o-r-h-i-r-e at gmail.com the link will be attached to the description for today's show today's music was Anymore by the Photonics and you can find them on their Unearthed profile we've uh, also included the link for that 
thanks for joining me this week, Liam. Thanks for having me, Clay. Not a problem at all. And have a good day. You too.